Alex Navarro, we have survived another week. It is Friday yet again. Woohoo! Woohoo! That's how we. Well, mm, mm hmm. Sorry, I'm just trying to wake myself up over here. Honestly, it's Friday. I'm a little, I'm a little groggy. And, and you so just, just said five seconds ago when I saw the little icon that said Alex has added Google Effects. Like, well, I never use that stuff. I only do it once in a while. Well, I do only do it once in a while, but today I decided to go overboard on it. I was on a podcast earlier this week with uh, Aubrey Sitterson, who used to work at 2K as a community mm-hmm. manager. He does a wrestling podcast. Uh, and with him being the host, I just kind of, you know, laid back, let him do his thing. And man, that guy really liked Google Effects. So it just kind of reminded <laughs> me that that stuff was there. And, you know, I kind of wanted to, you know. You were reminded of the power of Google Effects? It's, you know, it's like, hey, it's, hey, look, sound effects, that. What is that sound effect? I don't know. I don't know what that does. I forgot this stuff was kind of fun. Uh, uh, it's that's good. funny. Good times. How so? What? Uh, how did your uh, your wrestling podcast go? That went quite well. Uh, so Aubrey does a podcast. I think every Monday now after Monday Night Raw because uh, he's in LA, so he can watch the East Coast feed early. Uh, and you know, it's just him and a guest talking about wrestling uh you know for a solid hour hour and a half or so and uh you know he's a lot of fun to talk to he's a very energetic host i will give him that certainly and he is he is definitely well into the wrestling stuff so he is fairly knowledgeable um that archive of that is up on youtube right now if you want to check that out at all um i've linked out to it on twitter a couple of times i'll probably do so again today later just to hit any stragglers and what have you but yeah it was that was fun that was good uh, I'm trying to think what I played this week. Did you play anything notable this week? Uh, well, I did play the Titanfall beta a little bit last night. Yeah, yeah, that seems like a lot of folks are, are playing that. Um, it, the, the beta went live on uh, both PC, I think it's on PC too, uh, and, and Xbox One. Um, I'm playing on Xbox One just because yep. that's the, the code that floated my way. Same. Um, what do you, uh, I guess, first let's set up. How do you feel about online shooters? What is your pattern with them? And then how does that lead into how you feel about Titanfall? My pattern with them is that I'm pretty well familiar with most of the major franchises. And, you know, I played multiplayer in most of the major games. And most times I just don't care enough to keep playing past, like, a casual interest. Uh, First-person shooters have never been my jam overall. Like, certain ones have gotten their hooks in me over the years. But... You know, it's probably been, like, since, you know, the days when a new Unreal Tournament games were coming out that, you know, I was yeah. really into that stuff. Yeah, and then Unreal Tournament 3 came out, and you were like, oh, uh, Not so much, yeah. Not- that game wasn't as bad as the rap it got, but it was not. It didn't. It was no. Unre- it was no. Uh, it was no. Two thousand four. It didn't keep me uh, into it for a long period, so we'll, we'll leave it at that. But uh, what was... So, you know, not super into first-person shooters competitively on a regular basis, generally. Um, But Titanfall, you know, I'm not going to sit here and say, this is the one. This is the one that's going to, you know, change everything and get me back into this. And it's going to, you know, be my gateway drug into getting back into the genre hardcore. But I do like this a lot. Um, The the pace of it and the speed of it and just the, the relatively easy flow of, you know, kind of jumping, you know, from from Titan to Dude and back and forth and, you know, the the balance between the different weapons and ways you can sort of take out the the, the Titans and the just the random pilots running around. Like, it has a real good pace and a real good flow to it, and I like it a lot. Yeah, what I really like about Titanfall is that, you know, on paper, when you look at the kind of game it is, you would think... Well, this game is all about trying to earn your way into a Titan, and then once you get there, boom, like that's where the fun is. You're dominating all over the map, and that's not really the case. Like, I think the, the true testament, and you know, we'll see how this plays out in the long haul once people start finding exploits and balance problems right. and, and everything that goes into you know multiplayer games, especially in the, in the early days, um, is you feel powerful both when you are on the ground and when you are in a mech, and in a lot of ways... The, like four or five matches I played last night, I would get the notification that I could bring down a Titan and I would just stick to the ground. Yeah. I, I liked I liked the maneuverability that I had as just a grunt soldier. I loved uh, the, the, uh, the I guess it's the sniper or the assassin class, mm-hmm. the, the pistol that just automatically lines up the shots on 
uh, up to like three or four different guys at once. Like the ability to come out behind a group of, of three guys on the other team, line up a bunch of headshots, and then just fire and watch them all go down. Holy shit, that is satisfying. It super and, is. And, and I found that uh, <laughs> playing as that class, I, I the two times I came in first um, for for that round, even though we lo- our team lost overall, uh, was when I was playing as that class. So yeah, I need more weapons that automatically line up their shots for me, and then I'm just really good uh, at multiplayer shooters. Um, but yeah, I I think that's what's really truly interesting about that game is that they establish that dynamic and don't fall into the traditional structure of just making the mech the end game. Yeah, yeah, it's and you know there's certainly. You know, the question you would have there is, you know, is playing as the mech, does that actually feel powerful and does that feel fun if you're actually able to do so much just as a pilot right. running around on the ground? Right. And I think it does. Because, I mean, you can lay waste to just dudes on the ground so quickly and so easily if you're just a little bit careful about where you line up your shots when you're in the Titan. And, you know, I'll admit that, you know, the maneuverability of the Titan is a real, can be kind of a pain. Obviously, when there are like two or three Titans surrounding you, you're basically fucked no matter what. But the fact that you can just launch out of that thing and then just pull out your anti-Titan gun and just start launching rockets at that thing while you're flying in the air in your goddamn, you know, ejector seat is pretty awesome. Like, just the, the way they, they balance that stuff out still makes you feel like you're you're pretty awesome when you're in a Titan but it doesn't handicap you and, in fact, lets you do rad things when you're on the ground. I think that's what's key about it. Yeah, that first time that you eject from a Titan, like the first couple times you get in a Titan, you're just going to get rocked. Like I just was I was probably in my own Titan for less than a minute before someone was smart enough to like grab my bullets or them back at me, hit me with missiles, or I get double teamed or, or something like that. Yeah. But the first time that you eject up, and then fall back on a guy's Titan and then destroy his Titan yep. is very satisfying because it takes that, uh, you know, you often when you die in a, in a shooter in a multiplayer match, you know, there's often like a camera that shows you like, here's how you died. And in when you have the tech, you, or the, 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 the Titan, you kind of have two lives and you have a chance to right after that death, get revenge for what just occurred. Yep. And it... Because it take you know because when it explo- when your titan explodes it kind of obfuscates what's below you so it's a little tough to figure out exactly where you want to land but I bet you know as players get better that is going to be like a really critical uh, skill is is being able to parlay having uh, having died into essentially just kicking out the mech that took you out so I think you know it's critical to make sure that hey once you've killed that guy you should you should probably get the hell out, or yeah. at least a safe distance away so they can't fall on you. Yeah, that would be ideal, I would think. Um, God, there was something I was going to ask you about your, your play time with it, but I can't remember what that was offhand. Um, I will just say that, you know, it, obviously the beta is semi-limited in the amount of content that you can you can play through, so there's, you know, more maps and more modes and other things that they haven't really shown off. Uh, but what they, I think what they have shown off here is, is pretty impressive. And I think it's, you know, it's just a lot of fun. Like it's a really easy game to get into. I find, um, especially as someone who has not spent a shit ton of time playing a lot of competitive first person shooters. Um, and you know, I found like, you know, I was able, even despite the fact that I was definitely not the best player on really any of the teams I played on, like I was able to level up relatively quickly and learn kind of the basics just after a few matches more than anything else. Yeah, yeah, and you know, I think unfortunately the the, the worst thing going for Titanfall, at least uh, if I'm talking specifically about myself, uh, is the fact that uh, Dark Souls Two comes out on the same day. Yeah, uh, as Titanfall March is pretty packed. Uh, South Park comes out the week before. Yep. Uh, on March fourth, and that you know, you know, I don't know how Titanfall is going to go. The traditional arc of multiplayer shooters, which is like. Hey, that first week is pretty fun. Then the good people take over, and what's the point? Um, you know, hard to imagine that from the developers of Call of Duty, this game wouldn't follow a similar pattern. But I don't know, and mm-hmm. and so what I worry is that I'll probably play you know a decent number of matches you know that first week, and but I'm gonna put all my time into Dark Souls because I want to be a part of that experience when it's first out of the gate. Um, and if I'm not playing Dark Souls, like I want to play something totally different. Like South Park's about as far away from Dark Souls as you can get. You would think, yeah. And I'm gonna want to play that too. Like, and I don't expect that just because South Park comes out a week before that I'm gonna be able to get through that. That game's gotta be, you know, for 30, 40 hours. I bet. What Probably. South Park? Are you talking about South Park or, or Dark Souls? Yeah. 
South Park. I'm guessing that South Park is probably a minimum of like 15 to 20. You know, like it might go longer. You think it wouldn't be longer than that? I bet the main quest is like 15 hours and I bet there's a bunch of weird side because they've talked about like there being random side stuff all over the city and stuff. So there's probably a lot more to find in there. I I don't know. I'm just guessing because my experience with uh, RPGs that have used licenses in the past has usually been they're a lot shorter than the typical RPG. So mm. I'm figuring that, you know, if they're getting Matt and Trey to write a script for that game, they're probably not getting them to write, like, an 800-page script that goes across, you know, like, 40, 50 hours of content. That doesn't seem like something they would be quite up for doing. But Man, I don't know. If they're going to make one of these games and, you know, they cite games like Chrono Trigger as inspiration, I feel like they might go for it. But anyway, it doesn't matter. It's a total like, guess anyway. So Even if the game is 20 hours, yeah. uh, like, that's... You know, that's going to take me more than a week to get through. And and then when does Infamous Second Son come out? That's later in March, I think. Second Son. Google. Uh, March 21st. Okay. So there's a bit of a stagger, but, like, that's – they're all one week. You know, March 4th is South Park. March 11th is Titanfall. Yeah. And Dark Souls, March 21st is infamous all these are dropping because uh the fiscal year ends for a lot of companies on march 31st so there is a uh corporate incentive to get these games out so they can count on that financial quarter yeah um but you know none of these games are short experiences uh, you no. know any any of these games are going to be you know a bare minimum eight hours and uh i'm i want to play all <laughs> four of them totally but but titanfall given that it doesn't have a single player mode uh, you, uh, I mean, it's single player is integrated into multiplayer, right. but it, you know, for all intents and purposes, it might as well not have a single player. I feel like that's the one that's going to fall by the wayside for me, um, and and that kind of bumps me out given how much fun I've had with the time I've spent with it. I feel like that's going to be the game I go to just in short bursts, like when I want to play like you know five or six matches, and then you know just when I have like an hour free or something. You know, like I don't. That's true. I don't foresee myself spending long stretches just trying to level up and you know trying to you know master the the online domain. There, I see myself just jumping in, playing with friends for an hour or two, you know, a couple of nights a week, and then that being it. And I'd be totally okay with that because my favorite shooters are the ones that I just play for short bursts with friends. That's it. Yeah, I guess I could see myself like if I'm waiting for my wife to get ready before we go out. You know, I'm not going to sit down and start playing a quest in South Park that I don't know when it's going to end. Right. I'm not going to play Dark Souls, which is, you know, you need to set aside an afternoon of your time. But Titanfall, it's like, oh, well, that'll take like 15 minutes to play through a match. So, you know, maybe maybe, maybe there's a will, there's a way. Yeah. Uh, I just, you know, I have felt myself trying to convince my, that was a bad sentence. No, that's fine. But it seems like I've been trying to convince myself that Titanfall is the game that's going to get me into multiplayer shooters in a way that other games haven't. And although I think Titanfall is more fun, and I've had more fun in the moments that I've played it comparative to other multiplayer shooters, I don't know if there's anything fundamentally different about this game that's really going to change my long-term interest. The only thing that's different for me is just the flow of the action and the balance between, you know, you're a dude on the ground and you're a dude in a mech. I mean, is it, like, mechanically radically different than any other major first-person shooter out there? God, no. I mean, it does... It just adds more futuristic weaponry and giant mechs to the equation of what you've already kind of been playing in a lot of other major first-person shooters. But it does it well. I mean, I feel like it does it really well, at least from the, the tastes that I've had thus far. And I think there's still totally merit in that. Like, it's not revolutionary, fine. But if it's a really well-tuned, exciting game to play, you know, that you know, assuming they continue to add things to that game over time, I don't see why it wouldn't be, like, a huge success. Because, I mean, you don't... We talk about how we always want innovation and we always want things to be radically different. But let's be honest. When someone just does something that we like really well, we're more than happy mm-hmm. to support it more often than not. Well, and, you know, how many mediocre shooters have you played? It's not, I wouldn't say it's exactly simple to build yeah, uh, exactly. an excellent playing first-person shooter. And then Thief comes out as well on yeah, February 25th, which I'm... Hmm, There's a strong possibility I will be reviewing that game, so we'll... Uh, I yeah We'll see how yeah. that goes. Brad, yeah, Brad reached out to me. He's like, hey, hey, you want to review this? And I was like, hmm... I don't know how I feel about that game. I've had very negative experiences each time I have seen that game. <laughs> Uh, at at preview events, uh, the most recent round of coverage from outlets that saw a, a build of it was actually much more positive. Um, and and I will say that 
you know, famously, I did not like the the preview build of Deus Ex Human Revolution and uh, tremendously enjoyed uh, the final product. So I'd love nothing more than for Thief to be great, except that, I, yeah, you have it concerns. Was, it was just it was just straight up bad uh, when I was when I was playing it uh, before um, at at E3 last year and, and other occasions. So I'm crossing my fingers because yeah. would love for there to be a great new Thief game, but have my concerns about whether that's going to be true. But, yeah. Yeah, we are we are real close to video games just popping off. I mean, basically next week, you know, or, or week after next is pretty much when it just starts coming full stop. So what comes out in April? Is there a do we have a slowdown here? I don't, April. I don't remember a whole lot. The There's a million Nintendo games coming out in May. I know that. Yeah. Uh April MLB the show um for ps3 and vita ps4 version is not out till may yeah and dynasty warriors 8 extreme legends Ooh. uh the Ext- elder scrolls online the game that i think all the preview coverage that went out like a week ago has deflated everyone's interest in which makes me wonder why bethesda allowed the nbas to even be lifted um, i don't know uh connect sports rivals final fantasy 14 a realm reborn is that oh the ps4 version is that 14 is that right yeah 14 is 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 coming out uh for ps4 tropical 5 demon gaze and child of light okay this is just the wikipedia section for april so it could be missing some stuff but not not a whole lot going on there i would like i really want to play child of light but that's at the very end of the month Um, and we still don't have official a final date for watchdogs yet right like we know it it moved out of the fiscal mm -hmm. year so it's after march Mm -hmm. but we don't know when exactly no, oh, and Shovel Knight comes out the end of next month. Ooh, that looks really that good. Is, is that actually true? That is a game I will I download for my Wii U. Yep, yeah, March 31st. I, I am psyched for Shovel Knight. That looks kick-ass. Looks really am, good. That is some some classic 2D gameplay. Totally. But um, anything else Anything else you played this week? Not really. Uh, you know, I, I, I kind of fell down the ollie ollie hole a little bit longer. But, I mean, basically I spent most of yesterday playing uh, Titanfall. And then, uh, you know, now that I'm basically I will be playing Thief once it shows up. Uh, and I will probably be playing some other things for review here at some point. But mostly, mostly that was it. What about you? What else? What, what have you been playing? What are you up to? I finished Republic. Mm-hmm. How was that? I, I did not care for it. Oh. Um, unfortunately, I I admire uh, what it was going for, mm-hmm. the idea of translating uh, controller-based stealth uh, into a touch interface. Uh, and, and So it breaks a stealth game when the character gets up and walks away from the spot that you've put them in. And that happened to me a number of times while playing Republic. And... That sort of killed it for me. Mm. Like it breaks all attention when you have your player, uh, Hope, the main character, um, you know, sitting against the side of a wall, and then she just gets up and walks to another wall for some reason, and could not figure out why that was happening. It seemed completely random, um, but it happened five or six times during the course of the game, and really. You know, what are you supposed to do when a character in a stealth game walks away and breaks their line of sight uh, the, with the with the enemies on screen? Like, it's the entire game uh, is, is that. So that was really kind of disappointing. I, I I think there are ways they can address that with the subsequent episodes that, yeah. you know, hopefully we'll have gameplay tweaks. Um, so, you know, not... I. I'll probably play the rest of it. Uh, you know, Ryan Payton is, is someone I've known for a while. I want to see what else he has in store. And I, I do like some of the story ideas uh, that they're playing with. And uh, the general idea of controlling cameras um, uh, around an environment and manipulating different uh uh, technology objects and, and picking up things through uh, phones that you're tapping. There's a lot of really cool ideas, and, and I like those elements of it, but the actual stealth mechanics just did not click for me in a way that felt very satisfying. Mm. And I believe that game is supposed to come to Windows NPC at some point, and I don't know if they're giving a, a controller options or if they're uh, turning that into to just a mouse thing, but I constantly felt like this game would feel better if I was playing it with a controller, mm. and and that's that's too bad for a touch-based game. And uh, I'm hopeful that maybe they can they can iron out some of that stuff uh, a little bit later. But you know, the story seemed a little cliche, and uh, yeah, I guess I was just kind of generally disappointed for for something I was looking forward to. Um, but I, I, you know, I intend to play the other episodes, and, and hopefully they'll be able to to build on that going forward. 
Um, but yeah, unfortunately, unfortunately, not really my bag. That's too bad. It, it looked like, you know, if nothing else, a really interesting concept for a game. And, you know, I mean, for, for a game that it's iOS, right? Like that was what they initially pushed it out mm-hmm. for. For a game that's iOS, it looked really nice. You know, it seemed like it had a really good, you know, art oh, it's design gorgeous. To it. Like, yeah, yeah, the production values of it are 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 fantastic for an iOS game. That the you know they did you know motion capture for the animation, and you know have got David Hayter and Jennifer Hale. Like all that stuff is across the board really really terrific, and you know you know money well spent there, elevating uh, the the material that was that was written for them. Uh, I just I just don't know that. You know, a lot of the the material there was uh, that great to begin with, and then the gameplay uh, just didn't really click for me, which was a bummer. But yeah, that's uh, too bad. less of a bummer was beating Spelunky. Ah, yes. Uh, which I did do earlier this week. I finally managed to uh, reach my goal, which I had set for myself uh, before moving on from Spelunky, at least as a daily feature right. for uh, the website, was beating Yama, who is the second hidden boss in the game that you can only access by when you defeat the first boss riding his head down into the lava into a secret passage which takes you to a secret world you go through that and then you get to the secret second boss there's a lot of other things you have to do along the way to get there but that that is one of the the hilarious main hooks in in getting on the path to yama and i did it and i beat chris remo that day and that was a great feeling and uh it's it's spelunky along with dark souls uh you know Things I've crammed into January and February, but both easily some of those satisfying gameplay experiences I've ever had, uh, largely because they are, they feel so much player driven. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's 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 not a lot of, man, it's really cool what these game designers set up for me. It's a lot of, man, these game designers set these things up for me, and I beat them. I beat them at their own game, and that's that's what was really satisfying about both those games, and. Uh, yeah, so I've I've put Spelunky behind me, but uh, at least in terms of you know a thing on the site, but I I remain utterly addicted to that game. I feel like we've probably also perhaps put mostly Risk of Rain behind us. Like we'll we'll play it again at some point live, <laughs> yeah. but I think we kind of yeah. I think we kind of hit the 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 sweet spot with that one very much accidentally. Well, you know, as as folks uh, mentioned uh, when they reached out to me after the feature, was that you know a lot of what that game has is an element of randomness to the item drops right and if you just get the right items you can kind of cruise to to victory and that a lot of the skill of the game as is the case with a lot of roguelikes is that what happens when you go on a run where you don't get that stuff right you know and then it becomes critical to understand how you path the enemies when you're drawing in a teleporter uh what classes allow you to sort of maintain crowd control uh, you know, thing, things like that come much more into play uh, on runs where you don't get to become a walking tank like I did and just sort of storm through the second half of the game because that does not happen right. most of the time. And there uh, are there are still hidden things to find in that game. There are apparently random pathways in certain stages and, you know, obviously character classes both of us still need to unlock. But you got to the end. You beat the last boss. That happened. So I did. Yeah. I did. I did. Yeah. Like if I was going to set a goal for that feature ending, it would have been beat the game. Whoops. <laughs> and <laughs> I didn't mean I didn't mean to do that. Um, but it was cool that I got to see the end of it. You know, I, that was the whole point of us booting up that stream in the first place was yep. seeing more of Risk of Rain. And that game, I think, is going. You know, we mentioned a little bit on the stream. That game is going to be fantastic on Vita. I think so. I am, I am really excited for that. I think that is going to be right at home on that platform, and I think a lot of people are really going to uh, enjoy that. And I guess with Spelunky, I'm now just coming up with new tasks for myself. And I, yeah. I, so I did daily challenge, and I streamed it from my own Twitch channel late last night. And I think I can achieve the speed lunking achievement, which is mm-hmm. beat the game in under eight minutes. Okay. Um, which is most game, most times when you play that game and you're playing it safely, which is what you're supposed to do when you play that game, uh, it takes about 30 minutes to finish that game. Uh, so eight minutes is shaving off a lot of time right. uh, on a playthrough. But I managed to make it to uh, 4-2, which is uh, two levels away from the end. And uh, I think I think I can do it. Uh, okay. So I'm, I, I might try and give that a go. Uh, at least as something to to practice and and mess around with on some of the streams that I that I do every once in a while. 
Yeah, I think that would be fun to watch. I mean, that's that's the beauty of Spelunky, right? Like, that's that's there's just so many different ways you can approach it, and so many different things you can kind of choose to attack if you want to. Um, so yeah, I mean, but by all means, squeeze as much life out of that game as you possibly can, because obviously people are still interested in it. Yeah, I plan to. I plan <laughs> to. And people like watching me die, so yeah, it's fun. Like, you know, you want to give the people what they want. It's satisfying. Did I play anything else? Republic, Risk of Rain. Splunky. I don't think so. I I finished Jazz Punk, but I don't know if I have anything more to say about that. Yeah. Um, we, we've 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 espoused the joys of that game many times over at this point. Yeah, you should play Jazz Punk. Needless to say, it is it is so far my favorite thing I've played this year, but it is early in the year, so. Yeah, it is the most fun I've had with the game this year, for sure. Totally. Might not be my favorite game, but I think that might be Banner Saga, but or Splunky, but Splunky doesn't really count, I guess. Anyway, um, let's move on to a little bit of news. Let's Um, do it. Nintendo had a Nintendo Direct yesterday. And it sure uh, was a Nintendo Direct, all right. Yeah. uh, You know, it was uh, a pretty lengthy one. I want to say about 30 minutes. Um, 41. You know, it didn't have any, you know, real revelatory uh, pieces of news. There was no new Zelda announced. There was no, you know, hey, Nintendo still cares about Metroid um, or, or anything of that nature. But... Um, they did, you know, there was a bunch of little news and some stuff that I think is worth getting excited about, um, depending on, on who you are. Uh, Little Mac is joining Super Smash Brothers. Which, how had that okay. not happened already? Yeah, I, yeah, that, I think then the response was mostly, at least for me, uh, the same thing of, uh, how was he not in that game? He's, uh, that he seems has like punches. a real natural. He fights yeah, dudes already. Natural, natural edition. Uh, Mario Golf on 3DS has a single player RPG mode called the Castle Club, which I, if I, I, I believe that people traditionally say their favorite Mario Golf game is the one for is it Game Boy Advance or Game Boy Color, but it's the one that has a single-player RPG mode. So yeah. uh, I've heard that is the one. Yeah, I've never really followed the series, but my understanding is that is the best one, so it seems like they're trying to bring that back uh, for Mario Golf. Um, Kirby Triple Deluxe coming May 2nd. Uh, I'll probably play that. I, I like me some Kirby, and I totally. have not played a Kirby game in... A long, long time. Did you play uh, the the yarn, epic yarn for the Wii? Oh yeah, oh yeah. yeah. The, my only problem with that was uh, it was a little too easy. It is very easy, but goddamn it, that's a charming game. Uh, yeah, yes, absolutely. Uh, Yoshi's New Island, which still looks terrible, uh, arrives on March fourteenth, and so I, I hope that is kind of like Zelda, and that you know the way they show that game with you know high definition videos on people's monitors uh it will look a lot better on a 3ds screen one would hope i mean it's it someone made the comment that it looks like a cd-rom game from like the early 90s and they're not wrong they're not wrong it looks bad uh there's new ace attorney in development i should probably play one of those before caring about there being a new one and that was only mentioned on the japanese stream wasn't it they didn't talk about that at all on the u.s stream no no so that means that's probably a ways off in terms of coming out over here um they released uh, the same day, uh, yesterday, uh, Steel Diver uh, Sub Wars, which is a follow-up to the game that no one played at the 3DS launch called Steel Diver because it was a simple short game that they were charging 40 bucks for. And it was kind of crappy, uh, to be honest. And not very good. And uh, so this one is Nintendo dipping its uh, toes into free-to-play. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is a free and premium version of the game. Uh, the free version comes with a couple of single-player missions, uh, but not the whole single-player mode, uh, but full access to all the multiplayer. Um, and uh, when you buy the premium version, you get access to all the single-player and I think more subs uh, in the multiplayer. But I, I don't know the pricing structure on the premium version, but it's interesting to see Nintendo uh, at least looking into a business model that it had previously said, mm-hmm, off with you. Yes. Uh, what was the other one? There was that rusty baseball something or other that was also a free-to-play game. Yeah, uh, Rusty's Real Deal Baseball, yes. which is just a – that's a great name. Well, it's it, – a... so the, conceptually, so it's, it's a it's a free-to-play game. It's mini-game-based. It's just a bunch of game mm-hmm. mini-games that are based on various baseball mechanics, uh, and it is mascotted by a character who is a dog with a comb-over, which I think is fucking yep. great. He looks like the landlord from Seinfeld. It's amazing. Um, but the weird thing about that game is that you can haggle for the prices of like the real world money prices of the stuff in the game, which how the hell does that work? Well, I mean, like the, all that Awada sort of said was that you would be able to learn traits about 
uh, rusty and, you know, like the fact that he likes donuts or things like that. And you'd be able to bribe him to bring the cost, the real world cost of buying these extra games down. And I, I think that is genius. It is kind of. Especially if those items are tied to your skill level in some of the mini games. Yeah. Like, you know, Nintendo is going to, well, you're not, you know, but you would assume that Nintendo is going to develop fair minded, uh, uh, mini game stuff that you know they've done in the past that's going to be it's not going to be skewed against the player in in a way that we sometimes we see in free to play the deck's not going to be stacked against you so if getting those items is the result of skillful play in that mini game that they give you for free and you can get that down to like say a dollar yeah that's that's pretty cool like i like the i love the idea that your skill plays into um how that stuff works out. And so I'm hopeful it's not just random. Um, it, you know, we didn't get a, a true sense of those mechanics, but it's that's a very Nintendo way to handle a new business model in, yeah. a, in a playful fashion. Like, who else would handle the exchange of money in for new content in, in a way that was humorous and fun and ultimately sort of benefited the player? Uh, you know, it's... I, I was fascinated by that. And, you know, I don't know if things like, like that kind of dynamic pricing is possible on you know places like uh, iOS if they were to ever go there in the future but I feel like whatever they do like they're laying out if you're going to participate in these business models that's sure as hell a consumer friendly way to do it yeah I think so too and I if nothing else that game seemed like it was pretty fun and cute anyway so yeah and uh yeah the the, the mini games look fun yeah totally um, what else we got uh, from Pokemon Battle yeah, Pokemon Battle Trozoi, Troz, Trozoi, downloadable puzzle action game, kind of looks like Candy Crush Saga, but it's a sequel to an existing game, so it can't be. Um, yeah, coming out March 20th, that's mm-hmm. okay. It's uh, Inazuma 11, which is like a soccer RPG, uh, which has never come out in North America, is on the eShop right now. Look kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, NES Remix 2. Now featuring games you care about. Yeah, yeah, this one actually looks pretty rad, and there's also a full-on... Uh, Mario Brothers with uh, Luigi, and this time you run to the left. And revolution, total revolution. And, and his and his jump is uh, you know lengthier and floatier in the way that uh, Luigi has traditionally been in other games. I mean, as dumb as that kind of is, like it's a long time coming that Nintendo has embraced the idea of futzing around with expectations in its old games rather than just relying on selling you those old games for the millionth time at a premium. And on top of that, it's uh, it's a piece of a package that is relatively cheap to begin with. So it's not like they're trying to resell you Super Mario Brothers by itself just going to the left now. It's just here is one thing that comes with all these other mini games that include like ice hockey and Super Mario Brothers 2 and punch out. So have fun. Yeah, yeah, totally. So, I mean, yeah, Nest Remix 2 kind of looks like the game we were all waiting for. I didn't play... Nest Remix 1, um, but uh, I'll probably download Nest Remix 2. Uh, GBA is coming to Virtual Console in the spring, starting with Metroid Fusion, Mario & Luigi, Mario Advance 3, which I believe is Yoshi's Island, uh, and some others uh, as we go forward. I still um, don't really understand why that's coming to the Wii U Virtual Console instead of the 3DS Virtual Console, but... Just don't think about it too much. I try not to. It hurts my head. You know, I think that stuff is... You know, Steven Tatillo of Kotaku pointed this out on, on Twitter yesterday. It's not the most original thought, but it's worth considering uh, yet again. But if you look at exactly what you just said, like, why is that coming out in Wii U when the Ambassador program put out a bunch of GBA games on 3DS and those games aren't available to buy? And then you look at the games that are coming out for 3DS. You know, Mario Golf and Kirby are both coming out uh, on May 2nd. Right. Uh, Yoshi's New Island comes out on March 14th. Um, what comes out? In April, something comes out in April. Anyway, like they have basically one or two major games for the 3DS every single month, and there's just nothing for the Wii U. Like everything that they talked about, Bayonetta 2, X, um, they didn't talk about you know Smash Brothers. It's all late 2014, probably. Right. That's probably when we're gonna see like a major game in October, November, December, January, when they, and they'll try and have those heavy hitters around the holiday season, but. So what Steven pointed out was like, imagine the world where Nintendo got over this idea of two platforms and all of this R&D, all of this game development was going into one platform. Sure. Like Nintendo is clearly capable of putting out an extraordinary uh, 
amount of software that is to a really high level of quality. And imagine if they were all doing that on one platform, what that would look like. Would it change necessarily its perception of the market? I don't know. But would it result in a, in, a, in a platform that had a ton of really, really great games that was really worth buying? Probably. And it's, it's almost tragic right now to watch them try and straddle both worlds and just really having a tough time uh, you know, doing that on Wii U, which I'm sure is compounded by the fact that it's their first high definition console. Yeah, and you know, I, I my my comment was more just that you know, if you're putting out handheld games and for a virtual console, just the notion that you know, why wouldn't you put it on the handheld system you already have? But you're right. I mean, it would be much nicer if all this stuff kind of felt like it was part of one more a more universalized platform. But obviously, that's not coming anytime soon, as uh, we have seen from their current trends. Yeah. So I mean that's that's mostly you know that's kind of what they announced and showed um, you know nothing nothing major but you know you imagine they're gonna keep those cards closer to their chest as the year goes on yeah new Mario Kart so many too yep yep and you know what that game looks pretty good it does it looks really nice got the Koopalings now that's cool yeah uh, yeah I played a lot of Mario Kart Seven when I was uh, with my family for the holidays because that's one of the the games that one of my cousins had out and. Yeah, that Mario Kart is still fun. I I will probably pick up Mario Kart 8. Yeah. Um, because uh, a high definition Mario Kart has a certain attraction that they won't probably be able to get me for on Mario Kart 9, but they they've got me on Mario Kart 8 for sure. That is a game that my girlfriend will play with me, so I will yeah. get it because she she likes maybe three games a year total. So you know I I get in where I can. Uh, the Evil Within now has a release date on August 26th. They're taking sort of the uh, the big August release date that uh, you know games like Bioshock have have taken in the past. Still don't know what to make of that game. I'm excited for it. Uh, the times I've seen it don't make it seem particularly scary, mm. uh, but do make it seem like it will be uh, an excellent action game. Um, so I'm, I'm I am optimistic. If nothing but, else, uh, it seems gross. If it's not necessarily yeah. shocking or scary, it seems like they have definitely gone up with the gore factor by several factors. Man, and, and a new Shinji Mikami next-gen survival horror game? Yeah. I, that game could be total shit, and I would play it. <laughs> totally. <laughs> I you don't... That's all, all you need to tell me is the tagline, and I am in. Yeah. Uh, not to harp on NPD numbers much at all, just to say that PS4 was apparently uh, outsold the Xbox One and NPD in January, and the Xbox platform, which includes Xbox One and Xbox 360, sold the most games of any platform, if you're going to combine numbers like that. So, a lot of people trying to make wins out of, you know, whatever numbers they have, I guess, as per usual. Well, I will say it's, we made fun of Sony at the time, and criticized Sony at the time, for the PlayStation family bundling of numbers, mm -hmm. uh, I see no reason to not lay the same criticism at Microsoft's feet uh, to try and make their numbers sound better. Uh, it obfuscates what's actually happening in a way that you know may sound nice in a headline, but rings awfully untrue to anyone that has any inkling of what they're talking about. Yep. Um, and it's just sort of weird because the reason you release these kinds of numbers are for investors to get excited and for your base to have ammunition in the system wars. Mm. And anyone that knows anything can see right past that. I've never seen the, the point in essentially lying about the numbers, you know, that people actually want to know. Um, it mostly just se makes you seem weak. Um, but I think what they must be is hoping is that they can just coast till March um, and then Titanfall will give them an edge and then they'll no longer have to do something uh, like this and I think that's really when we start to get a sense of you know can Xbox get on its unequal footing with the PlayStation 4 you know Titanfall is you know shaping up to be an excellent game seems that critics really like it players you know that are playing it really like it um, you know they're not going to release a lower uh, skew uh, for that game uh, they're gonna they're gonna ride out what they've got and then we'll have a better sense of, you know, they've put a lot of cards on the table with Titanfall. And I'm curious to see how that pans out for them, you know, insofar as I am interested in the financial stakes of various video game companies. Yeah. Just just to follow up on that, the, the key thing with those numbers and the fudging of them to try to make them sound like wins, it's like you said, it's for investors. And honestly, it's a perception thing more than anything else. 
Yeah. Uh, when you're in PR, it is your job to make wins out of whatever you can. Uh, that is that is very specifically your task. And even if you know the thing you are saying is complete abject bullshit, uh, if it sounds good enough that some some guy with money in a suit might go, oh, okay, that's that's all you really have to do. That's that was that was a a core tenet of the uh, the plastic instrument wars was finding the statistics that made your platform sound the best, as I recall. So. You know, when it came to sales numbers, you know, we had to kind of tout our DLC while as where a Guitar Hero could actually tout the game sales numbers. So it was it's that mm. kind of thing where you just have to find the wins where you can. Yeah, yeah, that is that is definitely true. Um, and, you know, some folks in the chat pointing out like, well, the, the, who cares if it's an Xbox One exclusive? It's coming out on PC. And I, that's true. Like, for, I think yeah. for a lot of folks, like they're going to be able to get that game on PC and it's probably going to run better on PC. Um, I think uh, they actually demonstrated that. Uh, on the stream yesterday that the PC version runs crazy fast mm -hmm. on a pretty modest setups. Uh, although I think that game still looks pretty good on, on Xbox One. It it's not mind-blowing, but I, nice. I like the way it looks. And um, But, you know, I'll probably play it on PC if I if I have the choice. Um, but in any case, uh, you know, it's going to be advertised heavily as an Xbox One game. So the PC version, while important to this crowd that is watching a show like this mm -hmm. and hanging out on sites like Giant Bomb... Uh, that PC version is largely irrelevant to the, the larger audience that, you know, Microsoft and Sony are fighting for. Um, you know, the folks that send platforms from 20 million to 100 million over the course of their lifetime um, are unfortunately not us. Uh, yeah. But they are the other folks out there, the, the Maddens and the Call of Duty players of the world. Even if we do participate in those games, um, there's a large audience they're after and... Uh, Titanfall being, you know, only on Xbox One is a play for those folks, and uh, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know how that's going to pan out, but I am at least, I am at least curious. Yeah, I'm at least same. Curious. Uh, speaking of the platforms and such, the PS4 is out in Japan next week. <laughs> right, that's not out there yet. Yeah, which I keep forgetting about. It's we're so accustomed to getting, uh, especially like Nintendo and and Sony platforms in Japan first that you forget that like oh yeah they're not getting it until next week which was just kind of crazy to think about but uh yeah so there there will there will finally be a ps4 in japan as of next week well good for them yeah glad that got out there um, uh last of us dlc is out today yeah i don't have a copy of last of us oh and, but i do want to play that um well I, I you know i reviewed it in the office ages ago last summer when that game came out um so that copy is is still at the office, but I I do want to play that eventually. Maybe I'll have to track down a, a copy of that game so I can so I can play that. Speaking of copies of, of games, not to interrupt you, I don't think you ever sent mm -hmm. me back that copy of Beyond. Uh, my wife was supposed to do that. I'm gonna blame her. Okay, we'll do it's that. Probably in, it's probably it's probably in our car. <laughs> That's fine. It's not like I need it right now. I just was I, I just for all those that. times you're sitting at home late at night going, you know what. I really want to play some Beyond Two Souls. Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna want to fire a that game, up. A game you will never ever play again. Never. Uh, did you see the NBA 2K14 Space Jam mod video that's floating around? I did. Around? I tweeted that yesterday, and I need to load that up. So this isn't a new thing. They did this for 2K13 on PC as well. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm totally in favor of this being a yearly thing they add every year, especially once next year happens, and they actually, I hope shift the engine for, to the next-gen NBA engine versus the one that uh, they've, they've been using for the last several years because imagine how high-res and dope Bugs Bunny is going to look in that Space Jam mod. Do you have NBA 2K14 on the PC? I don't, but, I mean, I, I might maybe I'll get it anyway just because. Okay, I it's on my Steam Press account. We should we should contact 2K and maybe think about yeah. loading up that mod. Maybe, maybe that's a video feature is, you know, constant yeah. Space Jam battles in NBA 2K14 on PC. Yeah, I like that. I like that idea. Especially after getting slightly disappointed when EA uh, went back on... There was a tweet from the NBA Jam Twitter account that said, retweet if you're ready for a new NBA Jam. And then EA was like, ah, yesterday there was an unauthor unauthorized use of the NBA Jam Twitter handle. We do not have any announcements to make at this time. Even though they've left that tweet up unauthorized unauthorized nba jam tweeting yeah the system wars have really gone to a deep dark place when we're getting clearly <laughs> unauthorized uh nba jam uh, tweeting Ugh. um as we uh, head towards the uh the end of the show folks mm -hmm. want to 
uh, start dropping some questions in the chat. We'll take a few of those uh, as we move towards the end. Um, do you play MLB The Show? Are you? Do you play baseball? I just games? I, I I have not gotten into baseball games really since the 16-bit era. So um, basically, whatever this new RBI baseball is going to be is the only thing that is kind of of interest to me at the moment. Uh, I know the show is great. Everyone has talked nothing but nice things about it over the years. It's just baseball games just don't do it for me for because I just I, I don't watch baseball I don't find it fun to watch I, okay. I I don't get the enjoyment out of it so many other people seem to and I, I feel worse off for that I yeah I every time I go to a baseball game I mostly it's nice to be in the sun and drink beer that's yeah <laughs> the extent the extent to what I get out of uh, baseball uh, it's just not a yeah that is if I had to pick a sport like the last sport I'd be interested in watching, yeah. Of like the main the main sports, you know, like basketball, football, hockey, soccer. I baseball is at the bottom. I might watch baseball over soccer, but that that's like that that those kind of go back and forth depending on my mood. So yeah, but in soccer, like you might see a bunch of people try to kill each other. Yeah, but there's so much flopping in soccer; it's just not that much fun to watch. <laughs> I don't know. All right, well. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's coming out in May for the PS4. I don't know why the that version's coming out later. That's too bad. It's after the baseball season properly begins, which I have seen some from some people to be kind of upsetting, which makes sense. Uh, I, I imagine if you're into sports games, it is fun to play those uh, as part of uh, the season getting underway. So yeah, too but bad on that. New next-gen version, they're still working on it. I understand. I think that's happened before in previous generations where the first entry in a new system, you know, comes not at the same time as the uh, as, as the, the season launch. I mean, you can only time that stuff so well, and stiff, stuff can only... It's done when it's done. So, I mean, I don't know. I'd, I'd rather that game was good and not just like a shitty husk of a sports game than you know than just throwing it out there and just like having it be like madden 360 all over again uh gc for life asking cubs or white Sox? cubs if i have to choose a side why would i choose the white Sox? who picks the white Sox? nobody <laughs> does anybody ever pick the whites i mean the white Sox no. have actually been to the playoffs and like i think they've been to the world series haven't they in, in recent oh years? The, the, uh, the white Sox are i'm not saying they're they're not the better team but i'm they're just saying no one cares better. about them right yeah absolutely okay 100 percent 100 percent it's like being a jets fan i know some doing? jets fans uh, yeah i bet you do they're perpetually beleaguered people yeah don't be a jets fan no don't move move to a different city move to a different city it's like what it used to be like to be a clippers fan until the clippers became popular right um all right last uh last uh, piece of news that i think is is potentially interesting are steam tags mm-hmm. uh, they launched this week on steam there are player customizable player generated tags that are uh, attached to games that uh, Steam is using for a couple different um, things. They're trying to find new ways to increase discoverability on the Steam marketplace, which is obviously uh, already a problem and will continue to be uh, an even bigger problem. The more games that are added, how do you find the good stuff? These player-created tags ideally are things that go beyond just action or shooter, uh, sort of the generic ways that we think about describing games but actually don't tell you a whole lot about uh you know the specific elements of a game itself right so these are like you know crowdsourced community created and that hopefully they end up landing on tags that really do give you a sense of like hey i really liked this game you know i'll click this tag and then dive deeper into games that are, are similar to that so you know ideally i think a really great idea um but its first couple of days have been pretty rough, and I think the criticisms leveled against it are are pretty fair. Yeah, pretty rough is is putting it mildly. Like some of the the stuff that people are attaching to those games is just vile, nasty, brutal shit. And I mean, that's I hate to say that's part and parcel with you know getting an online gaming community involved in anything, but I mean that does tend to happen, especially when you have games. You know, we're already in the thick of this conversation about what makes a game a game or not a game. And so people are just going around tagging not a game to everything that they don't think is a game uh, or, you know, saying far more uh, offensive and mean spirited things on top of that. It's like, OK, I understand the idea. You want to bring the audience in. You want to help them regulate stuff. That's what green light was for. That's what this is for. But I think what we've learned time and time again is that they're. 
I'm not saying the entire Steam community is this, but there is a very strong element in the Steam community that is a bunch of assholes. Let's just be real. They, they are doing horrible shit, and they are trying to take over the conversation and all these different crowdsourced initiatives that Steam does, and it's not being particularly well-regulated, you know? Like, there, there's no reason why tags with, you know, offensive, like, sweary titles should even be getting attached to anything in, to begin with. It just seems like it's kind of a mess. Yeah, you know, I mean, the one that a lot of folks were pointing to uh, yesterday were uh, the tags attached to Fez. Now, you know, there's a lot of uh, strong uh, emotions that people have tied up in uh, Phil Fish, uh, both kind of as an internet character and as a designer. Uh, he has said some uh, really vitriolic things, um, uh, you know, himself, uh, unprompted, sometimes prompted, um, that have made him sort of a flashpoint of criticism. I think sometimes... Uh, Deserved, uh, oftentimes not deserved, but I don't think you can look at the tags that were attached to uh, Fez, you know, things like choke on it, um, and, you know, things that were related to some comments he has made in the past as being helpful or useful and anything but just harassment and abuse uh, that is undeserved um, uh, for the community around that game, uh, for the developer, um, and... You know, one of the, things, the easy fixes that Steam could make is just you are not allowed to make a tag unless you have that game in your library. Right. Um, right now, you're allowed to create tags uh, regardless of whether you have purchased the game. I think anyone that has purchased Fez um, is in a more qualified position to describe the game uh, than someone that has just a vindictive attitude towards the designer uh, for whatever reason, um, whether rightly or wrongly from their perspective. And so that's, I think, a really easy way to limit some of the abuse. And then also, you know, it's worth keeping in mind that, you know, the early days of any feature like this, the worst stuff is going to happen right away. Yeah. Um, you know, that that's just kind of how these systems go. Um, but, you know, that also means that the developers of these games are sitting and looking at a bunch of uh, nastiness uh, for a couple of days while that stuff sorts itself out. Um, so, you know, that's not entirely fair to those uh, hardworking folks either. Um, and yeah, so it's, it's, it's in a, it's in a rough state and, you know, it's hard to really just, you know, I think Bioshock and a couple of other games, I think final fantasy, one of the final fantasy games, uh, one of the top tags, uh, I'm not sure if it's still the case, but at least for a while was just straight up the ending. Yeah. Uh, so people were spoiling the game through the tags and a lot of that stuff's been killed i think a lot of it's you know starting to get moderated steam finally kind of uh stepped in and sort of addressing some of that yeah but uh yeah it's yeah it's a it's a weird thing it's just it's, it's, a weird thing. it's the thing whenever you open the, the gates you know the the most aggressive and nastiest elements are always the first ones to push through and you know again hopefully with some curation some moderation and you know over time that will turn into a very useful feature. I mean, the idea behind it is not a bad one by any stretch. It just, it cannot be allowed to be just totally, you know, wild, wild west the way it is, because that's just going to ruin the user experience on Steam for a variety of different reasons. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, I, th I think there is potential for this going forward to be an extremely useful tool. Um, you know, part of the, the problem of opening this stuff up when it's not necessarily... Uh, you know, not to say that Valve hasn't thought it through, but, you know, they 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 tend to release things um, not fully baked because that's just part of their process. Right. They release things in a pu public beta so that uh, people can help them figure it out with them or they can try and find unforeseen consequences of these ideas. Um, and, you know, this is just another, another version of that. And it's not that I think the tags can't be cheeky. I, I think the idea of, like, you know, someone in the chat mentioned gone home having not a game I, I you know I think that's I think that's kind of funny I don't think that's really offensive and I think that actually plays into the the larger narrative and discussion around that game in a meaningful way that wouldn't come across in traditional tags I don't you know you can look at that and say it's uh, mean-spirited but I, I don't I don't know necessarily that that's true um, and you know I would actually of anyone, I would click on that tag and want to see what else they had put against it. Because if I want to play a game like Gone Home, my guess is the kinds of people attaching something like Not a Game are tagging a bunch of games that I'm probably interested in. Yeah, I mean, that's fair. I, I imagine that people 
like like Steve Gaynor probably doesn't see it the same way. Like I imagine that if people are tagging your game not a game, like you can take that as a cheeky fun thing, but I imagine that more likely you're being like, oh great, more of this bullshit. Yeah, yeah, and so you know we'll yeah I don't know that's we'll just see. we'll see on. it's yeah it's an interesting idea curious to see where it goes uh, from here. Um, uh, a tea tree pointing out that the best steam tag is praise the sun. I agree. That's a really good one. Uh, it's a Dark Souls reference. Um, oh, and I, you know, another one of the ones on Gone Home was a walking simulator, which I think I think that's a really funny tag. <laughs> that's see, that's fine. That's not that's not offensive or horrible or or mean in any way. It's just like yeah, yeah, yeah. You walk around a lot. That's true. Yeah, I I that's really, I'd play some more walking simulators. Agreed. Uh, okay, well, that's about all. Unless you got any other news, uh, no. that kind of covers uh, what I have seen. Let me see if I can pull up some questions. Mm-hmm. Some people suggesting things about Steam tags that we already talked about. Ba ba ba. Uh, someone mentioning that Ground Zeroes comes out in March. That's right. But Does. don't worry, only, only take me two hours to play. Yeah. Brunch. You can watch House of Cards season two. Uh, I still haven't watched House of Cards season one, so... What? What are you doing? I don't know. I Look, dude, I watch a fair amount of TV. You know, I, I pick and choose where I can, and I'm interested in House of Cards, but, I mean, with the amount of video games that I play, I kind of got to pick mm. my TV spots where I can, you know? It's it's real good. I've heard it's good. I, it's, not, it's not the best show ever, but, man, Kevin Spacey is so goddamn good in that show. Yeah, and I, I love Kevin Spacey when he is at, at, at peak... You know, Kevin Spacey, when he has reached his final form, he is one of the most charming and fun actors to watch be an asshole there is. So, Oh, and if, if you want to watch a television show where a man chews scenery, like, is just shoving the entire scene in his mouth and just... That's House of Cards. That's, that is a it. thing I would like to watch. I love it. Um, so yeah, I've seen the first season. I'm going to watch season two, which uh, I think uh, launched, came out. I don't know what's the term you use when... When Netflix releases a whole freaking season, yeah, uh, all at once. The launch but, is uh, a fair, t- fair term for it. Yeah, that that came out uh, today. Uh, Fetter Dave uh, mentioning, uh, don't forget, uh, Lords of Shadow Two is coming out soon as well. I know I can easily forget that Lords of Shadow Two. I keep trying. Is, to, uh, whatever, Lords of Shadow out. wasn't a horrible game. It just wasn't that. I don't know. It just didn't do it for me. So this, I one... just not. I just couldn't could not have any less interest in in playing like if Vinny, i this is what i've said if Vinny says lords of shadow 2 is really really great mm-hmm. and if i believe him because i'm not sure that i will then i'll play then i'll play lords of shadow 2 i'll play it if Vinny says i should play it mm-hmm. that is the only the only way that i will play that game because i just did not i did not really care for lords of shadow yeah i totally crapped out halfway through that game so uh steam world dig this is some breaking news Coming to PS4 and PlayStation Vita. Mm. I've heard that game is terrific. I have too. And there's a PC version that I should play. I should I should download that game. Um, I probably still won't, but I should. You're right. Yeah, you're right. Dungeon Keeper mm-hmm. is now free on good old games at the moment. Uh, hey, that's cool. So I've never played that game. That feels like a little bit of a, a make good on the whole current Dungeon Keeper. Yeah, I, ca- I can't imagine that good old games can do that without... EA signing off. Right. I don't know that for a fact, but you would have to imagine that is something EA approves of. So that that's something that's cool. That's nice of them. People like Dungeon Keeper. Oh, uh, men- people mentioning it's not something you've really played, Alex, but uh, the Zero Escape uh, series, which is nine 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 and VLR ah, games yes. for the D- the visual novel games for uh, the DS, uh, and then the sequel VLR was on 3DS and Vita. Um, its creator recently tweeted uh, that he has made no progress on making the third and final game of the series because it has sold poorly in Japan, um, hasn't gotten the green light for producing a third game. He mentioned on Twitter that they had explored the ideas of crowdfunding it, uh, but decided against it for whatever reason. Um, that's really sad to hear. It's a bummer that they're not deep into developing that game, which means it's, you know, you know, even in the most optimistic scenario, you know, 18 months off if they were to begin today, I would imagine. Um, but I, I tr- you know, I had a lot of problems with VLR and, mm-hmm. and the way it expanded uh, the general universe of that game uh, series in a way that I thought just 
kind of got a little too out of control. Uh, I do want to see how it ends, uh, and I think it would be tragic if those guys didn't explore alternative funding options. Uh, Japan seems to be having some success lately with exploring things like Kickstarter, um, and uh, I, you know, I wouldn't. F- because I don't fund game Kickstarters, I wouldn't put my money behind <laughs> a Zero Escape 3 uh, Kickstarter. But I, my guess is there would be a whole lot of people that would. Uh, so I, I hope they rethink that. And I'm going to try and reach out uh, to the designer and see if I can't uh, talk to him a little bit more about that. But uh, my guess is he's getting bombarded with requests regarding that. So we'll we'll see how that pans out. Um that's uh that's all I got. That's all what I got. You, uh, what are you up to this weekend? Uh, let's see. Well, today I'm actually going to go see the new Wolfenstein uh, for the first time. Uh, are you? This afternoon. I don't know when the embargo is on that, so I won't be able to say exactly when I'll be able to talk about it. But I will at least be able to go check it out. I forgot that game exists. I know, right? Yeah. There's there's been a lot of instances of oh hey right that game's still coming um, recently. So that's one of them. And uh, this weekend I'm going to be stopping in at uh, Indiecade East. Uh, at the Museum of the Moving Image uh, here in Queens, New York. Uh, There are a number of different talks and games being shown off as part of this whole uh, three-day event. I'm not going today, but I will probably be stopping in on Saturday and Sunday to check out a couple of talks, uh, play some games and talk to some people. Rich Gallup will be there. Uh, What? Yeah, talking about some uh, some Game of Thrones Facebook gaming. Uh, Dave Lang was going to be there. And then uh, his flight was canceled, so now I, I'm taking his pass. That's that's part of the reason why I'm, I'm going multiple days. Uh, and yeah, it's, yeah, good, good way to go, East Coast weather. Yeah, keep Dave, keep Dave Lang out. Keep it, him here. I'm trying to keep the date the Lang zone contained in the Midwest. I don't need it spreading to other parts of the the country. Like a cancer. Um, yeah, yeah, no, it's so yeah. That's that's pretty much going to be my weekend, and probably more Titanfall since that beta is only for like a week or something, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, that game's not far off. We're only a couple of weeks yeah. away from, from the main launch. So, uh, you know, the closed alpha was only for a weekend. Right. Um, I can't imagine the beta is going to be for, for too long. But, uh, yeah, I'll probably uh, sneak in some matches of that. Um, I have to spend at least a decent chunk of this weekend now that I have my Sundays back, mm-hmm. which I'm really excited about. Um, working on I, – I have to give a talk to a bunch of college students next week. There's the Illinois – college media association or conference i'm not sure something like that anyway they invited me to to come talk to them and i i when i got the email and agreed to it uh i i swear the email said the talk was 15 to 20 minutes uh and then i looked at it again and it was 45 to 60 so <laughs> so i really need to rethink my talk uh and get all that together um some folks have asked if that will be uh, streamed or anything like that. I don't. I doubt it. I don't. I don't think that's the kind of setup that they have. Um, I'm going to record it for my own edification, uh, but I don't know if that's something they'll allow me to share. But if that is the case, I will make sure and do that. And if for some reason there is a live stream, I will make sure and let people know. Um, but uh, the the core of my talk is going to be taking out. Uh, it's not just a repeat of. Uh, the TEDx talk I did last year, but it's it's riffing in some similar areas because I need to try and say something useful to these college journalists. Mm-hmm. Um, is uh, the, I think the title of the talk that I came up with was uh, "You've said something stupid on the internet. Now what?" Right. Uh, the idea is that you know these days, you know, as a journalist uh, or just you know as a member of society, like you're on Twitter, you're on Facebook, you're on Tumblr. Uh, at some point, you're going to say something you regret or you're going to say something that was inarticulate. Uh, you know, you're going to get yourself in trouble at some point. Um, and what do you do once you become that target? Um, so I'm going to walk through, you know, instances where I have said dumb things. I have six years of experience saying stupid things on Twitter and other social networks and the ways I've handled that. And, you know, like walking folks through like, hey, let's talk about Deep Internet 101. Like, do you know what doxing and swatting is? Because you should probably know what those things are (laughs) and how to manage your passwords in a way that goes beyond just password one, two, three. Um, And so just some basic stuff like that that I've encountered um, in, in my years doing this. So... Uh, so I need to come up with something that's longer than 15 minutes. Well, so. uh, you know, if I might make a suggestion, uh, mm-hmm. if you are really pushing for time, uh, you can always show some videos. The uh, the lazy teacher's method is never a bad yeah. way to go. Just just kind of throw some video stuff in there, take a few minutes, a chunk here, a chunk there, and eventually, you never, next thing you know, it's been like an hour, and you're like, shit, awesome. 
I was thinking I'll, I'll just bring I'll just bring in Spelunky. She's like, so yeah. let's do the daily challenge. <laughs> anyway, that is uh, gonna do it for us. Um, hey, was not able to line up a guest for Monday. You know uh, why that doesn't I'm, matter? We have Monday off. Huh? What we do? Yeah, it's President's Day. That's actually that's a CBS holiday. Yeah. Woo! What? That's yeah, great. Right? That's the best I know. News I didn't ever. know that either. I was trying to book a guest for this week, and everyone was like, "Oh yeah, I know they're taking the President's Day holiday off." I'm like, "Oh right, okay." That's great. Yeah. Oh, this is the best Friday show ever. Right? Accidental three day weekend. It's the best thing. Wow, I really am going to get my talk done this weekend if I have Monday off. I was thinking about taking a day off. Well, there great. you go. Now, now you can... thanks, Papa CBS. Thanks, Presidents of the United States of America. Yeah, not everyone gets that day off, so thank you, CBS. Uh, all right, well, then we will not have a Monday show, with, and there will not be a guest, but we'll have one the week after that. Um, I'll figure something out. Um, what are you going to – are you playing – is you play Titanfall? That's yeah, probably it I'll this probably weekend? be on Titanfall a fair amount this weekend. So if you want to play at any point, just hit me up. I'll be around. Cool. I'll probably be doing the same. Um, I will talk to you next Friday then. All right. Alex Navarro. Oh.